in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh. Um, slow news day, not really. Beautiful day. Horrible night of violence. Horrible, horrible, horrible. You heard about the woman shot in the head up on 95th Street and Lexington Avenue. Now, it looks like the the victim, the woman shot in the head, died. She was pushing a baby, baby stroller. How bad is that, huh? Meanwhile, I saw some guy not far from my house just walking down the street with his penis hanging out of his pants. Yeah, hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah, right. Put that item away, sir. I used to say stuff like that. Now I just kept walking fast. Uh, he looked like the kind of guy who could uh, run pretty fast, actually. Uh, sometimes I've seen this all too many times. <laughs> I don't know. In New York, how many times have I seen somebody just whip it out like that? Three or four times, maybe. I saw one guy urinating in the middle of the Broadway uh, about a year ago, just urinating right in the middle of the street. Um, how about that? Just the overall decline, edginess, weirdness of the city, punctuated by horrible, horrible, brutal crime. This poor woman, I don't know if she knew the guy or not, but 95th in Lexington? Anyway, Eric Adams uh, showed up, and uh, what did he do? Nothing. He complained about all the guns in America. It's the guns that are doing this. It's the guns, the guns, the guns, the guns. He's got it all wrong. He's got 50,000 guys, men and women, who know how to do this. There's so much expertise, so much institutional knowledge. All of that institutional knowledge, though, has been thrown away. So Eric, Eric can handle this. I'm the crime fighter. Uh, God put me here at this moment. And, uh, yeah. Uh, no, no. It's uh, it's just, no, this is beyond you. This is beyond you. Um but he loves showing up for the pressers, doesn't he? He puts on that windbreaker, and uh, yeah, it's 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 worse than I ever thought it could be. Actually, it really is. Um, what else? Oh, Kathy Hochul. You see her? Talk about a power uh, drunk woman! My goodness gracious, she's uh, yelling and screaming about you cannot have guns. You will not be able to take them onto the trains. You will not be able to bring them around playgrounds or daycare or schools or public roads or streets, basically anywhere. Basically anywhere. Now, the Supreme Court just ruled that that stupid Sullivan's Law that's been around for 100 years is unconstitutional. And New York essentially made it too hard for law-abiding. Hey, I will bet everything I have that the guy who shot that woman was not a, did not have a gun permit. All right. Nobody who breaks the law has a gun permit. They just get the gun and they start breaking the law with it, all right? Uh, If you follow the law, you're not going to go through the trouble to get a gun permit if you're going to misuse it. So it's, it's so sad, isn't it? And it's so unnecessary. This is not unfixable. Heck, Ray Kelly, Rudy Giuliani, the rest, Bloomberg showed how this can be done. Showed how this can be done. Stop, question, and frisk is constitutional. They lied about it. They First, they pretended the NYPD was broken. Then they pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And now they've actually managed to break it. De Blasio, Adams, 
Adams. He kicked those crackers' ass. He kicked those crackers' ass. Don't ever forget that that man is a racist. He is. He's the worst of the worst. Now, I'm on Newsmax and WABC, and we are calling this out, highlighting it. And actually, it's given me the, I don't know, the bandwidth and the time to think about possibly running for mayor against Eric Adams. It's something I will take a good hard look at if I don't see dramatic improvements soon. And I see no one else willing to take this on because they see the guy with his big smile and they see all these people throwing money at him for his re-election campaign. Uh, Yeah, I think he's... uh, I don't think there are too many people who would be um, inclined to run against him for optics, identity politics, uh, to be damned about the city, right? To be damned. Uh, You know who doesn't care about any of this stuff? Fox News. Oh, boy. I made a little news myself. Well, industry news, because I've been making the case about Fox News that they stink. They absolutely, they have been fooling, fooling their audience for so long. You know, when they play that country music in the morning that they pretend to like, they don't like that stuff. They're just guessing at what the folks in the country would like. Roger Ailes actually was a true believer. Nobody over there believes anything. Here's Brett Baer uh, ooing and aahing over Cassidy Hutchinson, that totally insane liar the other day, cut 32. This testimony was very compelling from beginning to end. She obviously had access to all of the players. What was so compelling, I think, is is how it was laid out. We always point out that there's not a pushback, and it would have been great to hear Jim Jordan or some congressman say some other angle to this, but the testimony in and of itself is really, really powerful. It was really, really a joke. I could see that. We took it apart. I mean, there were so many lies she was caught in, and so many times that, uh, you know, well, here she is saying, um, you know, Tony or Bill or Bob told her something, and then she goes and repeats it. Repeats it. This is not evidence. This is some woman just telling us what some dude in the office said to her. Cut 46. Just to be clear, Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that the president wanted to take the mags away and said that the armed individuals were not there to hurt him? That's a fair assessment. Oh, that's a fair assessment. There was a lot of that, too. There was lots of that's a fair assessment. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Then she... Uh, she says that, uh, oh, this is all untrue. Check this out. Everything she says here is a lie. Cut 55. Have you seen this note before? That's a note that I wrote at the direction of the chief of staff on January 6th, likely around 3 o'clock. And it's written on a chief of staff note card, but that's your handwriting, Ms. Hutchinson? That's my handwriting. There's no way that's her handwriting. Anyway, the guy who wrote the note has stepped forward another guy who seems to be on the outs with Trump, Hirschman. That's his name, Hirschman. This is written in ridiculous block letters. You should see my penmanship. It's totally insane. I mean, they will have me committed when they see this penmanship. It kind of looked like what we saw on that card. Women write differently. They have different handwriting than men. That was not a man's handwriting, period, okay? But forget all that. Uh, oh, Cassidy was just amazing. Just amazing, right, Brett Bear, Cut 33. 
I've covered politics for a long time. I don't think there's been testimony like this that is kind of jaw-dropping in a way on the inside workings of a White House in crisis after, you know, at this moment in January 6th that we've seen in since Watergate. Since Watergate. Wow. He's been covering politics for a long time. Well, has been covering them well, in my opinion, quite frankly. I think his passion, his focus... Uh, his means of survival is office politics. Focus on office politics, Brett Baer. That's what you do best. I know it. You know it. Uh, let's see here. You know, I, I said he wrote a bunch of bad books, which he did. But he wrote that one nice book about the kid with the um, with the ailment. And uh, he's been through a lot. But you know what? So is everybody. And here's my policy. You know this by now. I don't have to like you, but I can love you. I love you, but I don't like you. All right? Does that make sense? So uh, let's see here. I just I'm sorry, but Fox was invented to not mimic the fake news. And that's what that's what's happening here. Fox is mimicking the fake news. And why do they do that? They just want to be popular. They just are going with the flow. It's easy. Um, That's where you can be cool. Everybody wants to be, you know, a cool kid. Uh, Let's see here. Cut 47. This is the fake news assessment of her. Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson was a name and face unknown to most Americans. By the end of the day, she'd made history. No, she did not make history. She sat there and provided a bunch of gossip. She got caught in several lies. You know, these people don't make history anymore. We have hearings every time we turn around. This is not John Dean. This is not Oliver North. Okay? So <laughs> why would... What, what role does Fox play now? What, what is their purpose you need another channel, just another channel saying what everybody else is saying. Fox was invented as an alternative. Uh, Charles Krauthammer, remember him? The great conservative Charles Krauthammer said uh, that Roger Rails and Rupert Murdoch dis- were geniuses because they discovered a niche market. Half the country. Half the country. Now you got Brett ooing and eyeing, and you got uh, Chris Wallace now on CNN saying the same stuff. Cut 35. Can we talk about Cassidy Hutchinson? First of all, I, and I bow to, particularly to you, Andy, as uh, somebody involved in prosecutions, she was a great witness. She was absolutely precise. I think what uh, Chris Wallace has is a case of uh, horn dog-itis, okay? She's pretty, therefore she must be great. She must be precise. Wow, he was so impressed. So many men were impressed with this leggy brunette all right this uh, slim leggy brunette does that sound sexist to you um it's human all right i wish uh, we were all evolved beings that uh didn't succumb to these impulses but unfortunately too many of us are well we succumb and uh we fantasize and uh somebody became her protector i don't know what's going on here it's the same derangement that made AOC a star. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, does she have anything to offer? Experience, wisdom, knowledge? No, she's slim and pretty. And I think in this uh, particular moment, it helps a lot that she's Latina or Latina X or uh, 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 Hispanic. Do we say Hispanic anymore? Is that a, what is she, Puerto Rican? It doesn't matter, all right? But let's face it, she's a person of color and uh that is very, very fashionable right now. And you know what's not fashionable? White people. Oh, boy. Did you hear? You've heard the show Friends, right? It was big in the 90s. Friends from like 95 to 2000. 
what, five or so? It was a big show. Um, what was her name? Jennifer Aniston. They made her a star. Who was the other one on that? David Schwimmer. Oh, Matt LeBlanc. And it was the most popular show in America, uh, right up there with Seinfeld. I personally did not like it. I found that um, I just, and that was an era of my life where I was not watching much TV. And I didn't find it that funny. They're just sitting around on the couch making wise-ass comments to each other. But Americans liked it. So the creator of the show, some woman named Kaufman, is apologizing for creating the show. Is that right? She's apologizing that this show did not have enough people of color. Now, it's one thing to just say that. All right. And, you know, the virtue signal, you, you do it. But she actually gave $4 million to her alma mater, Brandeis University, to the African-American Studies Department. How big and thriving could the African-American Studies Department be at Brandeis University? I wonder. I wonder. But anyway, $4 million there. What does it mean for the show? What if I want to watch the show? Am I not going to be able to find it? Are they canceling shows because there are too many white people? They are, actually. Too many white people. Too many white people. You know what? I'm sorry. Some of the greatest shows ever made, uh, sorry, have happen to have a lot of white people in them. What are they going to do with the Honeymooners? Jo- <laughs> he joked about domestic violence. Do we erase that? How about Seinfeld? Have you seen Seinfeld lately? How politically incorrect is Seinfeld? You know, as Trump said, you're changing history, you're changing culture, and where does it end? He was so right. As we... Uh, are on the eve of July 4th. I think everybody, if you have the time this weekend, try to watch Donald Trump's 2020 July 4th address from Mount Rushmore. An amazing speech. He will go down as one of the greatest speeches ever in American history. A truly, truly American speech. When this madness is over and it will come to an end, that will be recognized as such, as will Donald Trump. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I was going through a revolving door. Accidentally, uh, there was a guy who was cleaning it, and he seemed to be moving it at the same time. I thought I could go through. And um, didn't mean anything by it, but boy, oh boy, this guy gave me a look like he just hated me and what I had done. It was the ultimate disrespect. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He'd have none of it. He'd have none of it. And um, just glared at me. Shook his head. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, another time I accidentally, accidentally came out. Maybe I'm the klutz here. Came out of a drugstore and just ever so gently kind of nudged somebody by mistake. I was looking one way and, oh, sorry about that. Let's see what else happened. I was uh, walking down the street and Rudy Giuliani style, somebody kind of tapped me in the back. And I know what he's talking about. If they get that soft spot, it can actually be a, whoa, what was that about? I turned around. It's a young woman, maybe 18 years old. I said, what, what's wrong? And she said, you're white. I said, well, what? She was angry because I was white. There is a tension and a friction in this city and probably across the country that they created. 
they being the left, the media, Democrats, they broke something. They broke it. They broke it. We had harmony in this city, especially along racial lines, for how long? I mean, 20 years? Hey, let's face it. I love Giuliani, but, you know, he could pipe off a lot and sometimes really antagonize certain leaders in certain communities. And then we and he did a lot of great things as well. But we had years of harmony. This tension is new. This tension is over the past two, three years created on purpose for political gain. And by the way, I think it probably cuts both ways. I like to think of myself as being, you know, a non-aggressive person on the street. Um, maybe there are some people of color, I'm sure there are, who are feeling a certain resentment and hostility uh, from people who don't look like them for this moment. You know what? In a way, I'm actually not blaming anybody here. I'm not. I'm blaming this culture, but the individual, the individual who was in that doorway, who I upset, he's been told. He's been told. And by the way, each person I'm talking about, yeah, I'm gonna, it was a person of color. But they've been told nonstop for three years that this is a systemically racist country, that only racists would vote for Donald Trump. Look at how many racists there are around us. No wonder why we're at each other's throats. Isn't that sad? And isn't it unnecessary? It's, and they invented it. They invented it. They created it for themselves. Gosh, was it really worth it, Nancy Pelosi, to get Joe Biden in the office, right? A guy who thinks that if you don't vote a certain way, then you ain't black. Then you ain't black. What a, uh, you don't get much more racist than that, do you? No, it's impossible. It's impossible. We have anything else to say about Fox News? Uh, When they're not uh, praising Cassidy Hutchinson, they're sucking up to people in power, like Jen Psaki. Remember her, the liar press secretary? Unbelievable. When she showed up on the Fox News channel, though, it was, oh boy, it was was literally a party. Just listen to them. This is Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. I guess they had their marching orders to be nice to well-known, well-established liar Biden Press Secretary Jen Psaki at the time. Cut 39. Great to have you, and we have so much to cover with you. I want to start with the voting good rules. Good morning to you, Jen. By the way, it's hard to find two Bengal fans in the same room. And <laughs> That's we, right. And we've done it. Can I join the big, party? Big game this weekend. Big game on Saturday. Go big Bengals. We'll, we'll be while playing that. And hopefully there will be no breaking news that you have to deal with, Jen, during <laughs> the Bengals not. game. We will try to protect you from Thanks that. Thanks for being here. When the president said, looks at his watch and says, I guess I'll go another 24 minutes. I'm curious what your exact heart rate was at that time. (laughs) I'm a pretty chill person in general. I may not always seem that way in the briefing room, and that's what he's used to. So I knew he was having a good time. Well, I was having a heart attack for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Please come back. We'll do it more often. Good good luck to the Bengals, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Oh, just thanks, girlfriend. What the hell kind of it? What what is that? What about an adversarial press? Hmm? You can get that on you can get that on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. What happened to Fox News? Well, Roger Ailes died. First, they pushed him out of the company. I think that was a real screw job. Roger Ailes is a genius and a great man. Was a genius. Was a great man. And like any genius and great man, shrouded in a bit of controversy. That kind of is part of the deal when you're uh, an influential person surrounded by jealous people. That's going to happen. Um, 
I think a lot of the things they said about Roger were lies, actually, especially from people like Gretchen Carlson, especially her, especially her. Wow. You know, you cross a woman these days at the workplace. Look at the payouts. They're still they're still writing multi-million dollar checks. I I should I don't know. I don't know. And Gretchen says uh, everybody seems to accept that something happened. I don't think so, actually. I don't think so at all. I think she was um, a woman on the make and figured out a way to get what she wanted, game the system, happened to meet up with somebody who also wanted Roger Ailes out, but I guess that's ancient history at this time, right? Nobody... Does anybody care anymore? I think they do, actually. And I think one day, one day, the late, great Roger Ailes just might have vindication. We will see. All right. Enough of that. Give me a moment. Fourth of July is almost here. What does it mean? Oh, here's this, too. The longest Pride Month in the history of... The longest month in the history of months. Pride Month is almost over. Thank God. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this is talk radio, and you can say pretty much whatever you want. But, but, can I do? Can I make a request? We this came up yesterday. We have to address it. The podcast for Dominic Carter, who was a great guy, so bright, insightful, entertaining, has said for the ninety seventh time, it's the same commercial for the same show. That Eric Adams can run for president, and there's no way he could do worse than Bill de Blasio. Well, actually, he could do worse than Bill de Blasio. All right? I don't want to be—nobody should be encouraging Eric Adams to run for president right now when people are dying all over the place. And I take that as encouragement for him to run for president. I want that commercial, if you don't mind. You know, nobody—I'm not the boss here, all right? But it's starting—you want a commercial that makes people want to listen to the show. And— you know, 99% of Dominic I might agree with or disagree with. It doesn't matter. You're not supposed to necessarily agree with him. But saying that over and over and over again is starting to get under my skin. Okay? We got we to gotta retool that one. The guy's brilliant. He says all kinds of smart things all the time. Here's one example of how Eric Adams could do worse than Bill, Bill de Blasio. He could find himself in a position where he wasn't even able to get into the debates. Hey, remember de Blasio? He actually got himself into those silly debates. Remember that? I mean, you got to be at a certain level in the polls to get there. So he pulled that off. Uh, what else? There are all kinds of things. And I just, it, I don't want to hear any talk about that right now. The other thing is Bo Deedle, friend of mine. All right. Great guy. Um, I, lo- I loved it. Turn the car off slowly. Remember when he arrested Ray Liotta at the end of Goodfellas? See you in Attica, jerk. Um, it was great. He's a friend. But, but, but. How many more times do I have to hear him tell Trump to drop out, to not run for president? Now, Bo Deedle is wrong about that. It's okay. We can have a discussion. You can use it in a commercial once, if you think. But 97 times? No one wants to watch that, listen to that show who likes Trump, but they hear that all the time. All right. Can we do that, please? What do you say? Can we look into it again? Look, I'm not the boss. All right. Whoa, I'm not the boss. But um, I think that would make sense. All right. Am I wrong? How about you, Vic, in Cherry Ridge? Where's that? Pennsylvania. What's going on? Uh, you know, Greg, I watched uh, uh, Brett Baird two nights ago, and I was appalled when he came out and about this Cassidy woman and stuff. But I purposely put him on last night 
to see if uh, if he would, uh, you know, make any amends or have anything to say. Nothing. He just, uh, you know, he went into his diatribe, and uh, it, it's unbelievable. But you're right about Fox News. Well, too many you know? of you guys, I'm sorry, Vic, you know, look at you. They, they let you down, they let you down, they let you down, but you keep tuning in to see, to be let down again. It's like force of habit. It's like muscle memory. You want to you want to see the biggest mistake they ever made? That's unforgivable in my opinion. How about when they called when they called Arizona when they should not have called Arizona? I mean, my gosh, when they did that, that's totally where do we have that? No, you guys um they called Arizona way prematurely and they also confirmed that bogus bogus story about Trump calling the heroes of uh, past wars, losers and suckers. Remember that? It was in the late part of the 2020 campaign. It was doing real yep. damage to Trump, that fake news. And what, is tr- what does Fox do? They confirm it. They jump They jump in with all their swamp friends, because that's all they care about, being acknowledged in the swamp. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They care about the Washington Post, and they care about their little political playbook. Here's Jennifer Griffin, Fox News correspondent, terrible, terrible, terrible reporter, Cut 41. My sources include two senior former Trump administration officials who were on the trip to France where these remarks allegedly were made. They confirmed key parts of the Atlantic article and certainly described a pattern of behavior by the president in describing war veterans and wounded warriors that coincides with the description in the Atlantic article. Coincides with the description of the Atlantic article. You see, now she gets credit for confirming the story, but she's dancing around it, all right? Dancing around it a little bit coincides with the description in the Atlantic article. Who talks like that? Who talks to an audience like that? She's not talking to an audience. She's talking to her friends. She's talking to the people she wants to impress at the Washington Post. Vic, you got to give up on these people. And I'll tell you something else that's unforgivable. I'm not unforgivable, but I think it's very, very distasteful. Hold on a second, Vic. Here's Fox News making the Gay Pride Month even longer. Cut 42. Celebrate Pride Month with Fox News. Meet important voices of the LGBTQ plus community and go inside their incredible contributions. Part of America Together on Fox News. And somebody they show in that little sequence there is Lori Lightfoot, the derelict mayor of Chicago, who happens to be a lesbian. Uh, That's uh, apparently, uh, is that really helpful when you're a mayor? I don't think so. I don't think being heterosexual is is helpful when you're a mayor. Vic? You got to give up yeah. on Fox, and I got well, to I got to start in, counting on you. I got to start counting on you to tune into the in Newsmax fair, show at 10 p.m. In fairness, Greg, here's the deal: I I uh, I uh, I DVR uh, the five, and the segue from the five is into him. So I just watched the beginning, and when I saw what he said about Cassidy, and it was the same. But yesterday, I said no. I want to see what he has to say, and he had nothing to say. You know, and I wish, uh, you know, that uh, maybe Newsmax could take over national news. I'm sick of ABC, NBC and CBS. Can somebody get on national news at night? Uh, You know, on regular, it doesn't have to be cable. All right. Sorry. All right. Sorry. I have not uh, made that happen for you. All right. I just got this, you know, little Newsmax show. I mean, if it's too inconvenient for you, I understand. I mean, you want to be able to go to 247 or Channel 40, not 2000. I understand. But I think it's worth the effort. I think yeah. it's worth the effort, Vic. 
Hell, you I landed on aircraft carriers uh, in the Persian Gulf. You know? Hey, listen, you're my hero. You're my hero. Yeah, I know. I I'm just I'm being cranky here on purpose. Uh, that has no... I, uh, look, um, we're now on at 10 p.m. I'm excited about it. The quality of my life is higher. Um... I guess uh, I appreciate your support, but it's funny. Even even when you you know you, you despise them, you keep watching them. You know, well, I'm going to watch this, and pretty soon, like most, you're just going to forget whatever the hell it is they did to offend you. That's what's going to happen, yeah. and that that actually well, makes me a little bit annoyed and a little bit well, whatever. But that's human nature, I guess. Anyway, anything else going on, Vic? Vic, you're the one with the son, who's the public safety guy, right? No, 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 that's no, on you. I'm up here. In Pennsylvania, formerly from uh, Woodside in Brooklyn. All right. Uh, but, Woodside in Brooklyn? Uh, Woodside's not in Brooklyn. Woodside and then Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Woodside very good. Woodside and then Brooklyn. All right, Vic. You know? Thank you, pal. Very, very much. Uh, let's see here. Dan is in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Hi, Dan. I mean, did you get uh, fired at all? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm going to call the police on this guy if he keeps calling like this. Dave is in Orange County. Dave, what's up? Hey, how's it going, brother? Um, you know, uh, going to the race relations thing, it's, it's really funny because uh, I think it's the white kids that are really uh, fueling this whole race uh, problem we have. Every time I turn on TikTok or whatever, it's like all of a sudden the six-year-old white kid knows more about black people than black people know about themselves. They're like, you know, they go on and go on and go on. And, I, you know, I don't know if they're searching for something or when, well, who put it in their head that they need to stick up for them or why they need to be um, a leader to them. You know, they, they got it on their own. It'd be okay. But, they, well, I mean, this sounds like they kids going, oh, you need to do this, do this for them. But, but what's, what's their motive? I don't get it. Are they bored? Well, um, I just this whole race-focused society that we've become is silly. You are right to point out, though, that white women really seem to be leading the, uh, the you know, oh, my gosh, we have to atone for everything that happened 500 years ago movement. And you'll notice they always have, um, you know, some piece of metal sticking out of their uh, eyebrow or something like that. They're all a little bit – they're all desperate to uh, fit in. You know what happened here? And I think it's a big part of what is – why you're seeing what you're seeing – the whole Karen thing. Remember, Karens, watch out. You know, you don't want to be called a Karen, right? A Karen is a an opinionated, bossy white woman who uh, is racially insensitive. Well, that's about the la- least cool thing you can be right now. So you can't be a Karen. So you bend over backwards trying to show people, oh, I'm not a Karen. I'm not a Karen. I can't stand that whole Karen thing. Karen's a beautiful name. I know some Karens. It's not right. Not right. It's so un-American. You know, and um, hey, is Jake Tapper the worst broadcaster in the world? This is Jake Tapper, the most, well, number one, I know he's probably the most pompous broadcaster in the world. He wears those silly glasses and acts like he's a head of state himself. You know, and these these people, these senators, these prime ministers come on the show and, 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 and Jake is never impressed. He's always kind of shaking his head. He just never, nobody ever seems to measure up. Except Pete Buttigieg. He seems to really be impressed by Mayor Pete. But other than that, Jake is uh, pretty much disdain for you. And here he is talking to Boris Johnson. And not only does he have disdain for Boris Johnson, he has disdain for America. This is kind of funny. And there's, um, is this true? Does Jake really have these kinds of conversations? I tend to wonder. Uh, Cut 56, please. 
We're here at the G7, a gathering of the world's leading democracies. When I talk to friends in Canada, the UK, Australia, and elsewhere, people express concern about the United States as the United States. about the United States in terms of our ability and our institutions to to thrive and continue after what happened uh, with the election of 2020. They worry that democracy is on life support. Oh, is that what he's really talking? His friends calling from the UK and France and Canada and Australia asking about our institutions and is democracy on life support? You know, I have some friends around the world, not as many as Jake does, uh, always on the phone, checking in with his friends. Uh, Let's see. I have a Canadian friend and I have some Australian relatives. I've got my in-laws and they never, ever, 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 ever bring up January 6th or their institutions of democracy. You know, they want to know about um, the babies. They want to know about birthday parties. They want to know about, uh, you know, the mundane details of life. That's kind of how it works, right, with your friends and your in-laws. No one's talking about January 6th in the real world. And one look at Jake Tapper, you know, this guy is, this is not a man in the real world. Uh, Not at all. Hey, watch out for anybody. You know, let me say it this way. You hear me talk about my Christian faith, right? I'm a believer, and I encourage others to get in the Word of God and go on this amazing journey, right? But I I hope it doesn't sound like boasting. You let me know if I sound like I'm boasting. I'm not. I'm sharing. Truthful, my best as I can, telling you what it did for me, which has changed everything, okay? Especially when my God, God just reached out and said, I am real. I am here. This is not a joke. This is not a fairy tale. I am here. And I want a closer relationship with you. And it started happening when I opened the Bible. I hope that doesn't come off as boasting because there's nothing to boast. It's available to each and every one person. And it's all from God. I have nothing, nothing, nothing to do with it. But then we have Nancy Pelosi, who stands at that podium as Speaker of the House and says the following. Cut 49, please. I'm a very Catholic person. Okay. One more time, what what kind of Catholic person are you? I'm a very Catholic person. Okay, got it. You are a very Catholic person. Now, Joe Biden, as I say, he, uh, well, he also boasts about being a very Catholic person and how well he knows the Pope. Right after he saw the Pope, Pope Francis, uh, he had this to say, cut 50. Mr. President, the no, it didn't. It came up. We just talked about the fact that he was happy I was a good Catholic. So the Pope did not ask Joe Biden about abortion. He just said, I'm happy with the fact that you're a good Catholic. Now, there's got that's got to be, I'm sorry, that's got to be a quadruple sin, right? I don't think, I cannot, I just don't see the Pope saying that to you. I'm happy with the fact, Joe Biden, that you're a good Catholic. I'm happy that you're a good Catholic. Did he say that? How would the Pope know if Joe Biden's a good Catholic? How would he know? There's all kinds of evidence that he's not a good Catholic, that he's not a good man. And this goes back to Pelosi and Joe Biden. Because I don't think you can be a very Catholic person or a good Catholic. I'm sorry. It's true. If you go around saying and believing this, cut 51. 
Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away a woman's right to make their own reproductive health decisions. The court literally taking America back 150 years. They're both crying about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Now, now, you can be, I know there are pro-choice Catholics, okay? And that's, that, that they're there. But, I know some of them, but, 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 I don't think you can publicly say this, Nancy Pelosi, 49. I'm a very Catholic person. And then say this, 51. Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away a woman's right to make their own reproductive health decisions. No, they don't go together. You, You just, you can be a Catholic. You can't go around saying you're a good Catholic like that. You can work these matters out, but you can't publicly hold both of those views. And I do believe, I do believe that that uh, Archbishop in San Francisco is right. She should be not offered communion and maybe even who knows, I don't know, the ins and outs excommunicated. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I, uh, I, you t- I hope I'm not boasting. I don't think I've ever said anything like this. Cut 49. One more. I'm a very Catholic person. And Joe Biden saying the Pope just told me I'm a good Catholic. That sounds so, it sounds so political. So political. And I guess uh, that's what they are, right? Alex in Brooklyn, hello. Hey, Greg, thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to say that the left is busy saying how the extreme Republicans, we, we got our way by having Roe v. Wade overturned. But the thing is, we didn't get it completely our way, because if we had it our way, abortion would have been illegal federally because it would have gone under murder, which is which is in the Constitution. And I mean, if you're killing a baby that's living in the mother's womb, you could put that under murder. And that's in the Constitution. Uh, All right. So what's your point? My point is that. We didn't get it our way, and the judges were very fear because there are two opinions in this country, and the, the left's opinion is that the baby living in the mother's womb is not a living baby, is not a human being. So that's why they say you can't put it under murder, but the judges didn't do that because they won both opinions. Well, that wasn't the issue. That wasn't, that wasn't the issue before the court, all right? I mean, you may want it your way, okay, but that's not the issue that was before the court. Um. You know, I mean, Absolutely. we don't we're not we're not this is not a kingdom and it's not King Alex and not King Greg. And, uh, you know, we have systems and that kind of thing. So it goes back to the states, which I mean, to your point, there should not be this. Uh, uh, well, you know what? I don't think the uh, the opposition and the uproar was as intense as the left wanted it to be or the right feared it could be. You buy that? Um, listen, it, it could have gone under murder, right? I don't, I don't know. About, I, I don't know, Alex. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, Alex. I mean, it's going back to the states. I think that's reasonable. Uh, I like the way they 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 ruled. Look, we overturned Roe v. Wade. I think that's a great thing. And you want it to be a designated murder? I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think that's even being considered. All right. I just um, anyway. We'll see. Uh, Paul is in Middletown. Paul, hello. 
Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I, I, what, what's your opinion on this uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch thing with uh, George Soros? I, I, I stopped watching Fox News. I'll be honest with you. You're right about Fox News. They're definitely turning liberal. But I've heard some rumors that uh, George Soros has something over Rupert Murdoch, and that's the reason why Fox News cannot use his name. Did you hear anything about that at all? No, I have not. I know they did flip out when somebody mentioned George Soros and everybody had a stroke on the set and everybody stopped talking about it. I don't know if that's still in effect. I do not watch much Fox News at all. I see the clips here and there. You know, has something on Rupert Murdoch. I I doubt that. I I just tend to doubt that. I don't, uh, you know, these billionaires, though, I mean, a lot of them have these feuds, these ongoing feuds about these you know, little disagreements and grievances they have with each other. And they, you know, one hates this guy for that reason. They're, they're, they're rivals. They're rivals. But I don't think that's, I, I've not heard anything to that effect. Interesting, though. Uh, Paul, have you checked out the Newsmax show? 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Thanks, Paul, very much. Uh, one more. Anne is in Orange County. Hello. Oh, sorry, my name's Pam, Greg. Well, Greg? it happens. I'm- How are you? Oh, good. How you doing? You're the greatest. I've been watching you from the very beginning. I always watch Newsmax, tell everybody to watch you. Um, I'm very upset. Ed Rollins has started with the Republican PAC. Brian Kilme on uh, Fox, Varney, uh, Bo, uh, now Sid and Bernie. They're trying to take people and try to put in their heads to vote uh, to take DeSantis as our candidate. Hey, DeSantis, by the way, DeSantis has a lot of growing up to do. He is obviously trying to impersonate Trump. And he's got a lot. There's a lot of weirdness to DeSantis. I like a lot of what he's doing, but he's not ready. He hasn't even completed one term as governor yet. Okay, he's immature in a lot of ways. So I am not on the DeSantis train, all right? I'm not. I'm not. Someday, sure. Not now. Not in 2024. Did you say that Ed Rollins is pushing DeSantis? Yes. He started that pack on Newsmax that if you want uh, uh, trying to draft him to come. And I read that uh, DeSantis does not want all this push towards uh, president. He's trying to run for uh, governor now he doesn't want this well so I, I uh i don't know if he uh, i don't i don't know if that's entirely true he's running for governor he's uh i would uh, i think he's a shoe in he's going to get reelected and presidential speculation you know who doesn't like that i mean quite frankly uh pam just like me i love the mayoral uh, 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 speculation quite frankly i'm the one who's driving a chunk of it but stand by pam because mark has something to say about that i think hello mark Oh, hey, Greg. Uh, it's so great to talk to you. Speaking of which, uh, yes, uh, Mayor, you absolutely have to run for mayor because our city that I'm walking the streets of right now as I'm talking to you is just really declining. What street and, are you uh, on? What street? I'm on 6th Avenue right now. And what? At 43rd. And? I just got out of, just got out of the subway and uh, got, you know, I don't want to. I mean, it's just, it's just not it's just not as good as it was just a couple of years ago because of uh, Bill de Blasio and now Eric Adams. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. And thank you for the encouragement, Mark. I just might do it. And I'll be right back. 
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, a buddy of mine over there at uh, Newsmax, Rob Finnerty, went out to Bedminster, New Jersey to sit down with the POTUS, the real POTUS, the one we love, President Trump. Uh, I've been to Bedminster, by the way. I saw him there once myself. It is an amazing, amazing facility. Uh, just a beautiful golf. I wish I played golf. I have no idea. Miniature golf. You know what? I used to love miniature golf. They don't have them anymore. The real estate was just uh, too much. I mean, uh, that that property was too valuable to have. Uh, how much? How much money do people pay to play miniature golf? You know, get the get the ball through the windmill or something like that. I used to play at Nunley's on Sunrise Highway. They had a beautiful little miniature golf set and a mini roller coaster that was actually quite kick ass actually excuse me in its own way so uh what's up with this interview um i hear he was uh pretty good uh cut 62 please i thought it was absolutely crazy uh, this committee is a lot of people say illegally formed but when you look at what they're doing and when you look at what they're saying and what they're doing to the country uh, now the good news is a lot of people aren't watching a lot of people aren't listening to it but they're try- trying to do real harm. We went through Russia, Russia, Russia. We went through Ukraine. We went through the Mueller report. Not, no collusion after three years, two and a half years. And now we're going through this. It's a one-way sideshow. It's a horrible thing that they can do to the country where they take this kind of time. They don't talk about making America great anymore. All they do is investigate everybody. It's so true. Man, it's so true. Now, he talked about the... Gosh, he's good. You know what? You know, all that blather you hear elsewhere, listening to Donald Trump, going to a Trump rally or or finding one online and just watching it for an hour and a half. Find the one from last weekend in Illinois. Watch it for an hour and a half. You'll learn more in an hour and a half. There'll be more truth in an hour and a half than there will be in a year, a year and a half of fake news. This is an amazing. This is a once in a lifetime. This is a once in 50 lifetimes. A political figure like this. This is special. This is an exciting time to be alive, actually. Uh, let's see. We have more? I think we do. Cut 63. This is uh, him talking about Cassidy, the star witness, Cassidy Hutchinson. Great name, by the way. Horrible person. Cut 63. This lady yesterday, there's something wrong with her? <laughs> is there something wrong? She said, I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak too, and I don't want guns for anybody. Did you grab the steering wheel? Is is there any truth to that? Of course not. Is that ridiculous? In fact, the Secret Service came out and said that this story is totally false. Yes, yes. I think there's something wrong with this lady. There is something wrong with that lady. There is absolutely something wrong with Cassidy Hutchinson. This 23-year-old who is pretending that she saw all these things and that her, you know, I'm sorry, but they would have told anybody else, anybody. Let's say you got a beef with somebody in HR or whatever. You can't just say, well, I heard somebody say this about somebody. I heard somebody say this. You got to, you've got to have firsthand evidence, right? I mean, isn't that the American way? But she's pretty, and she's tan, and she's leaning left, and they love it. They love it. Uh, Let's see here. What's the next one? Cut 64. The woman is living in fantasy land. 
She's a social climber, if you call that social. Uh, I, I think it's just a shame that this is happening to our country. And we don't have any Republicans up there to dispute it. We have one who quit, Kinzinger. We have another one who's down by 35 points yeah, in Wyoming. Uh, she's a total disaster. She's a train wreck. But think of it. Nobody to cross-examine. Uh, Professor Dershowitz said you can't do where you have a hearing and there's no cross-examination. This would have been the easiest cross-examination anywhere. And they put her on, and they don't even confirm it with the Secret Service. The Secret Service people in the car said this didn't happen. It's ridiculous that they got to put him through this, you know? I mean, and for Brett Baer, back to Brett Baer, to trust that woman... Oh, well, she's under oath. Brett said she's under oath. Brett Baer said she's under oath. Therefore, we have to trust her. Well, Donald Trump took an oath, remember? I trust him. Unlike any other president we've ever had, this guy actually delivered. This guy actually kept the promises that he made. Right? Right? Where is this? Uh, The new Chris Wallace. Brett Baer. Cut 36. I think what you pointed to, Sandra, was uh, the most uh, compelling when she quotes Mark Meadows saying, uh, Pat, you heard the president. He doesn't care. He thinks Mike deserves it. He doesn't think they're doing anything wrong as far as they're literally, literally calling for the vice president to be hung. And she, he believes all of this. He believes it. Now, do we have the part where he's, uh, he's uh, let's see here. Cut 34. Try that one. He questions her uh, accuracy. He goes after her directly, says he doesn't know who she is, and said he didn't lunge at the Secret Service agent in the Beast. Uh, That didn't happen. He says he didn't throw his lunch against the wall. That didn't happen, and that she's lying. Cassie Hutchinson is under oath on Capitol Hill. Um, The president is on Truth Social. Wow. All right. So you're dismissing President Trump. You're dismissing because what? He didn't come to that silly hearing? You're just going to believe Alexander Vindman because they raised their right hand or Yovanovitch or the rest of those miscreant swamp dwellers, your friends, Brett Baer? That's what they are, his friends. That's what he cares about, the approval of the swamp. That's what they all care about. That's what they all, and they have a better table at that Cafe Milanese or whatever it's called in Georgetown. Hotspot. That is such a rinky-dink small town, by the way, compared to New York. It really is. Loserville. All right, so she's a social climber. Oh, here's Trump on the Secret Service. Listen to this, Cut 65. These are great people. They've devoted their lives to it, and I think they were very embarrassed by it because it makes them sound terrible. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel. uh, They're great. I I know them very well. Sterling. They're sterling. Um, and I was very nice that they came to my defense. I thought it was incredible, actually. It really was. And kind of, uh, you know, these, the, the, easy way, the easy way is to keep your head down and say nothing. Those guys are fantastic. They deserve a lot of credit. I hope we hear from them. I hope they do uh, swear them in and everything like that. Okay, so we got that. And then, uh, oh, what about this whole thing about guns, that the president encouraged guns? This is also more fake news. Um, and his denial is uh, spot on. Cut 66. They said that I encouraged people to have guns. I didn't encourage people. I've never spoke to anybody about it. Right. I didn't encourage anybody to have guns. And I'm one of the speakers. I don't want people out there with guns for me either. Right. But I don't want, maybe more importantly, for other people to get hurt. 
I don't want that to happen. Uh, you look at the fact that we had, I recommended from 10 to 20,000 troops be there. Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. turned it down. Yeah. All of these things took place. They turned it down. We're not hearing about that during these hearings. They don't even cover it. They refuse to mention it. You'll never see it. You rarely see it, see it in the fake news. Uh, think of it. If they put not 10,000 troops or 20,000 troops, I recommend it between 10 and 20, right. in front of numerous witnesses, in front of people, and in front of the people that actually do that. So if we would have had not 10,000 troops, but 500, 500, tiny proportion of that, you wouldn't have January 6th, as it is called. He's right. He's right. He's right. And here's their motivation, though. Uh, part of it, uh, cut 67. How much of this is about trying to prevent you from running again? Oh, I think a lot of in it 2024. is. Yeah. I'm leading in all the polls. Every poll. Against Republicans and Democrats. I'm leading in the Republican polls at numbers that nobody's ever even seen before. And against uh, Biden and anybody else that they run, I'm leading against them. Uh, it's true. They want to just kind of create this cloud all over again. It's not going to work. All right, let's just go through a couple more. Wrapping up this interview, cut 68. Our country's a mess. We have, we were energy, I mean, we were, we had more energy than anybody. And now we're asking Saudi Arabia to send us oil, please. We're asking Venezuela, unthinkable, send us oil. We need your oil. We have it under, I call it liquid gold. We have it under our feet. We were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant, bigger than Saudi Arabia and Russia combined within a very short period of time. Uh, that was all happening. That was all happening. Uh, oh, last thing here. What about DeSantis? Could you envision a world, sir, uh, where there is a Trump-DeSantis ticket in 2024? Well, I get along with him. I was very responsible for his success because I endorsed him and he went up like a rocket ship, just yes. like I endorsed Mary Miller the other day, who supposedly was not going to win, and she won. She won. Just like uh, Darren Bailey is doing great. He just won. Yep. I think he's going to beat Pritzker, one of the worst governors of the country. The Democrats apparently wanted that race, several of these They, races. they say that. They're yeah. missing something. No, they, they like to say that. They always like to say that. They take somebody that's doing well and they say, he's the one we want. He's, it's called disinformation. Just like Russia, Russia, Russia. It's disinformation. Right. They said it about Mastriano, who's great. Mastriano in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. They said, oh, it was obvious. I endorsed him. It was obvious he was going to win. And they said it about him in Pennsylvania. Oh, we want him. They don't want him. It's just the opposite. But they say we want him or we want Bailey. And that's not the way it works. But I think we're going to have some tremendous candidates and some very successful candidates. All right. Hey, what would you like to ask President Trump? If you could ask him anything, what would you like to ask? You know what I want to ask him next time I see him? I am actually, it's not a big deal. It's not like, you know, news, front page news. I'd like to know more about his daily habits. You know, when does he go to bed? When does he wake up? Um, how does he watch TV? Um, does he have an iPhone? Does he have an Android? Uh, stuff like that. I don't know. How does he relax? How does he get the energy? Where does that come from? What does he eat? Uh, would that be boring? I'd actually love to know the answers to those questions. So uh, what about you, uh, Loretta? Hello, Loretta's in Greenwich, Connecticut. Hi. Hey, Greg. It's so wonderful to speak to you. Thank oh. you for your honesty and for staying true. I love you. God bless you. Wow. Thank you. Um, President, President Trump is just so wonderful, and it's so good to hear his voice. 
And that is the hardest working president we had ever have ever had. And this country needs him back so badly. What's going on is just horrible and disheartening and frightening. And uh, God bless him and God bless you. And we need Trump back. And we need you to stay on the radio and on Newsmax. Don't run for mayor. We need you. Only if you could do both. <laughs> you know what? I wonder if I could do both. Uh, uh, we'll see. There's time to you, figure that out. You're the best thing on, Greg. You're oh. the best. Forget Fox News with the exception of maybe one or two. Your your show is just the, the best. And I, I miss you at 7 o'clock. I really do. Well, 10 o'clock, uh, more people on the West Coast, I'm told, can see us. Whatever. Look, quite frankly... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is better for my lifestyle, uh, but 10 o'clock, look, you're still watching, right? Well, I'm DVRing it. I'm taking care of my two elderly no. parents, and it's kind of hard no. for me to stay up that late. I understand. I but understand. I DVR, and I try to, you know, when my mother wakes me up in the middle of the night, and then I'll put you back on. All right. Well, let me know. Let me know but, if it's really screwing up your schedule, because I'll switch it back if it is. Loretta. It is screwing up. All right. Well, just let it, let it, let it. Try to work with it for a little while, then get back to me, and then I'll I'll think about switching back. But I right now I really like it. It works for me. Hey Loretta, thank you to be continued. And oh, yep, quick break. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the wife just dropped by with luncheon. Uh, very nice. Thank you so much. What else is going on in family news? My daughter, Annalise, for the first time, kissed me. Uh, she is you know, two and a half years old, and usually it goes like this. Can I have a kiss? And she just sticks her cheek out, so you know what I mean? But today, I stuck my cheek out. I said, can I have a kiss? And she went right on my cheek. Uh, very, very cool. Um, you know, I, Now I know what they were all talking about. This is exciting stuff. And she's also at that stage where, you know, she doesn't really walk anywhere. She just kind of runs. She gallops, whatever it is. If she wants to go from one room to the next, uh, she's excited about it. You know, she's like whatever she thought of that's in the other room that she wants, whether it's a teddy bear, whether it's Elmo, whether it's a junior Elmo, whether it's the, uh, the purple Elmo or the, we got a green Elmo. And she's also very, very good. Just coming up with these words that I did not know she knew, you know, Lacoste shirts with the alligator on it, you know, and one of those is laying around, and she sees the alligator, and she says, crocodile, crocodile. How did she know that? I don't know. We put a lot of those videos. I know they say, kids, no screen time, no screen time. Well, <laughs> she gets a lot of screen time. I can't, I just, uh, you know, yeah, I know we shouldn't, but, you know, when you got a crying kid, screaming kid, and they want to see the screen, uh, what can I tell you? We've been showing her the screen, and I'm telling, I think, I think ultimately... It's very helpful. I know there's probably some negatives as well, but her vocabulary is improving exponentially. And what else? Uh, a bit more peace and quiet. And, you know, have you met any, like, 14-, 15-year-old people lately? They're incredibly smart. When you get them talking, that is. They can be rather moody and aloof. But then you get them talking, and they're like, they just know so much. And I think it's because of the computer and the phone, which, you know, we can't stand these things, but we also kind of love them. Right. Uh, so much information all the time. I mean, how do we get information? You had to go to the library. You had to go to the library. How often would you do that? Where was the library? It was just a 
You had to ask the librarian to point you in the right direction. You had to look it up. All that stuff. All that stuff. They say that uh, the average kid, like with a phone, let's say in the middle of the desert, say in, um, oh, what's a good country? South Sudan, Africa, right? If a kid is, say an 11-year-old kid is sitting in the desert in South Sudan with a cell phone, with an iPhone, Android, whatever. That little kid has more access to more information than Bill Clinton did when he was sitting in the White House in 1999. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wild? I used to think that that was the ultimate. If you wanted all the information, if you became president, you could say, bring me JFK's autopsy photos. Bring me all the UFO files, right? And that's the, well, you can find that stuff on your own, even the JFK autopsy photos. Now, they shouldn't be online. They shouldn't be online. You ever see a movie where the guy dies and then the, you know, the EMTs and the orderlies zip him up in a body bag? I always think it's just like, wow, it's it's going to happen to everybody, even those EMTs and the orderlies and the body bag. You know, everybody's going to wind up in a body bag someday. <laughs> I don't like it. But, hey, I actually I heard somebody say once, death is part of life. And I guess there's something to that. Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Uh, hi, how are you? Afternoon, Greg. I'm doing just fine, thank you, and I hope you are as well. Now that your beautiful wife brought you lunch, um, I wanted to just tell you, in my opinion, no, you're not boasting or bragging when you talk about your faith. Um, I've talked to you a number of times, and whenever possible, I always try to interject something that uh, is faithful. You know, you never know whose life you may affect. What you're doing is you're evangelizing, and if more people did that, and if we didn't. Not we, if the evil powers that be didn't take God out of everything, maybe the world wouldn't be in the situation that it is. And you never know whose life you may be affecting. Many atheists and agnostics have turned to the Lord, whether it's God or Jesus, whatever your higher power is. Um, you know, so you never know who who you might uh, have a, a very positive impact on, and how that may snowball throughout the world. Well, Jacqueline, thank you. You know, the world is. Uh, if you read the Bible, the world is always screwed up, so we shouldn't get too discouraged. The world will be that way. We don't have to be that way. And I just thought of something real quick, Jacqueline, if you don't mind. You know, I used to watch Joel Osteen on TV, and I like Joel a lot. Uh, and some people say, well, he's not, he doesn't emphasize Scripture enough or something, and I think he's fantastic. He really is. But there was something that he would say every week. As long as you're uh, you know, doing your part and honoring God, because they, they would all say, oh, that's just a happy talk. But that part, honoring God, that really that meant something to me. That meant that was a loaded word in a good way. That means obeying God. That means getting to know him through the Bible and you mentioned agnostic and atheist. I was both of those things at, for a time, for a long time, actually. And then it just grabbed me, reached up, right? God smacked me in the face and said, I am here and you are my son. And that only started when I picked up the Bible. That's when I, it, all, it all came into uh, just it started to make perfect sense. The Charles Stanley Light Principles Bible, one more time, if you're looking for a Bible. Hey, Jacqueline, uh, tell me a little bit about your story, how you came to know God, if you don't mind. 
Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Joel Olstein, and Joel Olstein is one of those people that I actually like very much uh, for the simple reason that he's very positive, he's very uplifting. Uh, and I think I had mentioned to you another time when I spoke with you, uh, although many people have gone through a, d a very difficult time over the past several years, um, I actually lost both of my parents during this time of COVID. Uh, I also lost my little Yorkshire Terrier that I considered one of my canine kids because I don't have human children like you have two beautiful little girls. Um, and programs like Joel Olstein and also watching the Catholic Channel got me through everything. And there's been times throughout my life, you know, that were very difficult. And the one thing that Joel Olstein impressed upon me and some other people that I've watched on TV, you are a child of the Most High God. Forget about organized religion. Just focus on your higher power, God, Jesus, well, you are. I agree. I will say this. I'm not I'm not against organized religion. I actually like it. And one thing that Joel did for me, he started the conversation in my head that got me closer to I I saw Joel as almost a starter kit to get me in the word of God myself. That's an important place to be. Jacqueline, thank you. And thank you Joel Osteen. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Okay, uh, hello, 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 all right, right, right. You have to be very, very wary, very, very suspicious when the fake news comes on. Anybody, really, because a lot of people are mimicking this silly language um, about democracy. And, you know, I love democracy. I do, of course, democracy, a constitutional republic. That's what we have. It's uh it's great. It's actually not a pure democracy. It's not a it's not what do they call it? Majoritarian rule on everything. And you don't want that, by the way. Well, let's say 51 percent of America votes for something they don't like. Uh, I don't know. They, 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 they don't want us driving cars anymore. Is that right? Is that just going to happen? Majority rules? No, it doesn't work that way. We have certain protections, constitutional, whatever. Our founding fathers and a lot of this stuff is a divine right. And somebody was saying the other day that, uh, oh, this is so religious. Well, religion, believers, Christians, Judeo-Christian uh, philosophy, Judeo-Christian values, I should say, are the underpinnings of the Constitution. All right? You can't really—the ha Constitution doesn't work um, amid, like, 100% non-believers. you got to have primarily believers out there. I do believe that. We could disagree— but when they start talking like this, it's trouble. It sounds righteous. It sounds beautiful. But the language you're about to hear, and you hear it all the time, is quite dangerous. And it's a pretext. It's a pre They're using their righteous talk as a pretext to do exactly what they're accusing the other side of doing. You ready for this? Cut 44. Trump is guilty of undermining our democracy. This is an extraordinary moment. Our democracy is at stake. Nothing in our history comparable to this, an undermining of democracy such as we have never seen. They really need to try to help people focus on this and understand that democracy really is um, at stake here. It's not just the violence of January 6th, even though it's called the January 6th committee. It's much more than that. It is the attempt to undo the election to undermine our entire democracy. Wow, undermine our entire democracy. Oh, that would be terrible, right? Well, it would be terrible, but here's what's even worse. What they're saying is, if you're opposing our democracy, which Trump is not, that was all a myth. We've proven it a million times. 
what they're threatening to do is to take anti-democratic measures to prevent you from undermining democracy. They will undermine democracy in their effort to prevent Trump and Trump supporters, right? Supporting Trump somehow is undermining democracy. And we've had real people come out and say this. Uh, Judge Ludig came out and said uh, that we are a clear and present danger to America. Well, how do you stop a clear and present danger? I mean, oh, my gosh, that sounds like the use of force would be justified. A clear and present danger to America? That's dangerous, dangerous stuff. It really is. These guys hate Trump that much. Do they really? Hey, Liz Cheney, who desperately now, I think, wants to be president. Tonight, I'll do a little bit on the Cheneys. It's amazing. She grew up in the swamp. McLean High School she went to. She's not from Wyoming. She's from the swamp. Her dad goes from, uh, what the hell was he? He was like a derelict in Wyoming. He got kicked out of college. He was falling down drunk. You know, through a father's friend, he got a job working for a congressman. All right, he goes from being essentially an intern to being worth $200 million and a former vice president of the United States and perhaps the the number one person responsible for bringing us into the very wrong country, Iraq. No weapons of mass destruction. Anybody with the name Cheney should not be able to show their faces in public, quite frankly. And there's Liz Cheney lecturing everybody up and down. Hmm? That is so wrong. And you know who called it out? Of course, Trump. Oh, gosh, it was great, especially in the uh, February 2016 debate. All right, there's also this. you got to watch when they talk about undermining democracy and then when they start praising the men and women of government. You ever notice that? Oh, the men and women of uh, law enforcement, the men and women of the Department of Energy. Political appointees, primarily, they love saying this. They say it all the time, and there's something sinister about it. First of all, do you know what I mean? Listen to this. Cut 45. The men and women of the Department of Defense. The men and women of the U.S. military. The men and women of law enforcement. The men and women of the Department of Homeland Security. The men and women of uh, the State Department. The men and women. The men and women. So beautiful, right? The men and women. They say it so much, and it takes on this um, aura of of righteousness of like, wow, the men and women of the State Department, what sacrifice they're making. Well, number one, these men and women are being paid. You know that, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's, they are, even in the military, and we love the troops, but there are a lot of civilians who work over there at the Pentagon, right? The men and women, the men and women. Like, what they basically said is that these men and women and their feelings and their impressions and their morale is somehow more important than the people. The people, we the people, we the people don't work in Washington, D.C. We don't work in government, all right? Look it up in the Constitution. Do they talk about the men and women of the EPA, the men and women of the Department of the Interior? You can look all night. They ain't going to be in there. No mention whatsoever. That, men and women, that's code basically for the swamp. That is the swamp. And the swamp, oh, my gosh. You know what? I wish it didn't take me that long to figure. I mean, it really is. I, I was trusting of the government. I love our country, by the way, and I love our Constitution. But there are people. I mean, Joe Biden is acting. Damn. Who's the Manchurian candidate? I mentioned this before, but there's one point in the movie where one of the senators says to Angela Lansbury, um, I believe that your husband could not be doing more damage to this country 
if he were a paid agent of the Soviet Union. Now, there's some I'm not saying that literally about Joe Biden, but it does kind of make you wonder all that time he spent with with uh, President Xi, 17 hours. I spent 17 hours with him, the president of China, just the two of us. What the hell happened there? Hey, and what the hell happened to the sergeant of arms, sergeant at arms or sergeant of arms, sergeant at arms of the United States Senate, Michael Stanger, S-T-E-N-G-E-R. This is the basically the number one staffer, the number one, that's not the right word, what is he, the the number one non-elected official in the United States Senate. There's a huge staff uh, to back up those senators. 100 senators, they need a lot of staff. They need a lot of facilities. They need security, maintenance crews, janitorial, food services, all this stuff. And the guy who makes all of that run is the senator, uh, Sergeant at Arms, Michael Stanger. Well, he died earlier this week, just dropped dead somehow. We don't know how. Nobody seems to know. Did he kill himself? Did he die of cancer? Was he hit by a bus? What the hell happened? Well, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Very strange. So he was in office on January 6th. They made him quit like two days later because, you know, he was a convenient person to blame. Was Had security responsibilities. And he raised during one of the earlier hearings about what happened We need to look into the professional agitators who are brought in to Capitol Hill. Professional agitators. You know, I once mentioned the professional agitators. Oh, my gosh, you could have seen it. Oh, the cops almost showed up. I was just wondering, hey, could any of those guys be Antifa? Don't you say that. Don't say Antifa. Like, well, why not? I I look at all those guys who are wearing the weird clothes, and they're climbing in a tree, and they're, they're changing. What the hell's going on there? Don't say Antifa. There's no evidence. Well... I don't. Uh, who, how do you know that? How do you know that? And now a guy is dead. And all those suicides, by the way, you know, it's not unheard of for cops to commit suicide. But it's a pretty small force. How many people are there at the Capitol Hill force? Less than 2,000. I think it's like 1,400. It's actually in some ways a huge force. Although it looked like uh, <laughs> they were on light duty on uh, you know, how many people were there on January 6th. Not enough. And how many suicides are we up to? Seven? In the weeks and months following January 6th? What the hell is that all about? And don't tell me it's uh, post-traumatic stress from uh, the riot. No. No. That's, uh, I don't buy that at all. Something very weird is going on. So much. So much we don't know. Who's the little cop who let everybody in? Why do those cops just stand by and let people in? Why did the Horns guy get an escort to the floor of the United States Senate? Why did any of that happen? They wanted it to happen. I do believe they wanted it to happen. Once it started happening, they could stop what had started. It wasn't the counting of the electoral votes they wanted stopped. It was the objections that they wanted stopped. The objections, remember that? Paul Gosar, the congressman from Arizona, and uh, Ted Cruz, they stood up. A member of the House, a member of the Senate, it's in writing. Let's object. Let's hear a debate. Let's have it. Vice President Pence, let's send this back to Harrisburg. Let's send this back to Phoenix. Let them figure it out, and then they can send it back to you. If everything's fine, fine. Make Joe Biden the president. Maybe we have to make a switch here. That's all within the Electoral Count Act of 1887. And if you don't agree with that, fine. Let's settle it at the Supreme Court. 
It's not up to you, Judge Ludig. It's not up to you, Jamie Raskin. Not up to you guys. New York Times op-ed. Who else was wetting their pants about all this stuff? Look, it was a great big scam. You know it and I know it. No, no, no. It's so clear now. All right. Hey, wait a second. Uh, Randy's on the phone. What do you want? Randy? Hey, Craig, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. I'm. Uh, you asked before that if you could ask President Trump one question, what would it be? And I remember when he was debating that Cretan uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, and she said something nasty, and he said, uh, well, when I become president, you'll go to prison. How come he never sent her to prison? What he said was, uh, she said, well, all I can say is it's a really good thing that Donald Trump is in is not in charge of our criminal justice system. And then he says right away as he's walking, because you'd be in jail, because you'd be in jail. And the crowd went nuts. Well, I remember uh, after he won the election, he told uh, what's her name? Leslie Stoll on 60 Minutes asked that question, said, uh, you said you were going to lock up Hillary Clinton. Are you? And he said, I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to hurt them, Leslie. They're good people. I I don't want to hurt them. I'm not going to hurt them. And that's the thing about Trump. Do you remember that, by the way? I, I I remember his interview with Leslie Stahl. You got to look it up. Look it up. Look it up. And he says, I don't want to hurt them. He, he, he's not going to do it. And the thing about Trump that people don't understand, a lot of people don't understand, he's got a big heart. Uh, and he's not as ruthless as you think. And I like this about him, by the way. He, he's got a soft spot. He's not just a... He's not a monster. He's great. But I think he took a little bit too much mercy on Hillary. All right, Randy? Yes. yes. Thank you very much. You Craig. got Have it. Have a great day. You too. You too. Hey, one more. Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, what's up, man? Oh, Greg, you said something about seeing a guy with his penis sticking out. Can I get some more about that? I like the topic. Yeah, that's cute, Dan. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, what did he say? He said he tried to say a curse word, I think. Goodbye, Dan. Not necessary. What is he, in junior high school? I haven't prank phone called a radio station since, uh, hmm, when did I last do that? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, 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 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. At least 10 years ago. Laura is on the phone very quickly. Laura, hello. Laura, thank you. Greg Kelly, this has to be one of your best and most important podcasts. You crystallized exactly what is going on and telling the truth. We cannot thank you enough for speaking truth. I actually live in Trump's old neighborhood here in Queens. But you, my friend, through God, thank you. Thank you for your faith and thank you for speaking truth. But you totally, totally summarized perfectly what's happening with this nonsense uh, on the January 6th. And I feel so bad for those people who are still incarcerated. And poor Ashley Babbitt, God rest that woman's soul. But um, something really is rotten, in, in not just in Denmark, but here here in, in the United States. But we'll get it right. We'll get it right. We will get it right, Laura. Thank you for your kind words. Hey, tell me about where are you? Jamaica Estates, Elmhurst, where are you? Woodhaven. 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 So Woodhaven. 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 Uh, Woodhaven. Wait. Wait. That's right. That's right next to Regal Park, right? Yes. 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 Right near. I'm right near Forest Park. Yeah. And you're right south of the Long Island Expressway, right? Correct. 
Correct, and north of Jamaica Avenue. And yeah. uh, where was Trump? When did Trump live there? Where did he live? His father, actually. In fact, they oh, he built those houses, his... right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. God bless him. And you're right; he has a heart of gold. We've known a lot about him, and I actually worked um, at uh, at a place where he used to come at the Met Opera. And when he came for the galas, he was a gentleman. God, it's a shame. You're right; they've created this monster, but sadly. It's so true. They put the mock back in democracy. We are a constitutional republic, and we have to save America, and I believe it will be saved because you know why? You're right. It was based on Judeo-Christian values and morals. We have to right the ship because we're the only country that can spread that good news, and it's true, and you don't have to be religious. Be good, do good, end of story, and God bless you for what you're doing and your family, too, and such a precious story about your little girl. God oh, you. <laughs> Laura, you're the you're the best. Thank you so much. Wow, appreciate it. Very beautiful indeed. Well, uh-oh, got to take one break, and then I got to get psyched up for the 10 p.m. hour of power, <laughs> the great Kelly Newsmax show. Uh, it should be good. We've got to figure out what the hell we're going to do exactly, but uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, how do you feel, huh? How do you feel? It's it. That's it for June. It's done. It's done. June 30th. Goodbye, June. Goodbye, Gay Pride Month. Goodbye, it all. No way, huh? Can we cancel Gay Pride Month next month next year? This went on way too long, way too intense, and even the conservatives got involved. And even like department stores and grocery stores, there's a gay pride flag everywhere. Hey, here's the thing, and I am not I'm not a homophobe, no way. But you know what I what I don't like is the excessive pride. Too much pride in something you had nothing to do with, okay? I, I am quite frankly over hearing the story about your small town and how you were shunned because you were gay. Because quite frankly, that doesn't happen like it used to. All right. People are shunned for all kinds of reasons. All right. I was shunned because why the hell was I shunned in high school? I had some issues in high school. Okay. I mean, one of them was uh, all of my friends, you know, you start off all innocent and whatnot, right? You start off, you know, you you, you get excited about uh, baseball and baseball cards and, uh, I don't know, the, the movie Jaws. And then all of a sudden, people are smoking pot and they're drinking beer. Well, I couldn't do those things because my father was a police officer. So two years into uh, high school, everyone starts drinking beer and smoking pot. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't do that. They don't like having me around because, you know, I'm not doing that stuff. And guess what? Nobody makes new friends halfway through high school. All right. It's just not done. So I found myself alone in the library, shunned reading the newspaper because I didn't like going to the cafeteria and having nowhere to sit. All right. 
So everybody's been through something. Now, was that was I dra- was I was I dragged by a truck or anything like that? No, but everybody everybody's got something. And there are other things that happened that weren't so great and didn't have anything to do with my sexuality, okay? So um so all that stuff happened. Yet you come through it. Oh, by the way, little coda, little uh, side note. Uh <laughs> I almost wish I did drink and smoke weed back in those days because I, maybe I would have gotten it out of my system or made, you know, done the experimentation and learned how to do it correctly because I never drank, never smoked until I was about, I don't know, 38. Oh, wow, this is fun. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know how to drink. I'd have a martini. Wait, no, I'd have wine, and then I'd have a martini. And what do they say? Is it, is, is it wine to liquor, never sicker? Beer to wine, you're fine. Liquor to, I don't know, whatever the hell you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have one before the next, and I would always get it mixed up. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. Falling down, stupid, silly, drunk when I'm in my, when I'm 40. I wish I had learned the lessons earlier. But anyway, Pride Month has been way too much. Even Fox News. Where's that Fox News? Oh, uh, Pride, Pride, Pride. Gay Pride, right? Even churches have these silly gay pride flags on it. I feel that these flags are exclusionary. They're making me feel out of it. Is there anything else to talk about but sex? But who you want to sleep with? Cut 42, even you, Fox News. Celebrate Pride Month with Fox News. Meet important voices of the LGBTQ plus community and go inside their incredible contributions. Part of America Together on Fox News. Fox News, thanks a lot. Wow, all those incredible stories from the LGBTQ community. Hey, how about incredible stories from the community? Just the community. Maybe they're, who knows what their sexuality is. What does that have to do with anything? Fox News is so corrupt. So corrupt. And evidence of their corruption is right here. After Chris Wallace disgraced himself, journalism, and ruined that debate back in 2020, cut 43. We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, yes. as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. I know, but three and a half million dollars okay, right. from the let's mayor about, of Moscow, let's talk about not true. That thing. report is totally discredited. I, I, Mitt I Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' Gen- money, that report. It was written for political yeah. reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. Climate change. We can't talk about Joe Biden's alleged corruption. The real evidence of Fox News and their corruption is that they kept Chris Wallace on the payroll for a year after that moment. That son of a bitch. If they had fired him right then and there, that's what he deserved. Everybody would have understood. Oh, boy, would they. All right. I got to go across the street very quickly. Paul, what's up? Dutchess County. Hey, Greg, uh, just real quick, I wanted to say that your instincts about Pelosi and Biden being good Catholics are correct. One day they will have to stand there and account, and the Lord is warning them, not everyone who says to me, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Why do you call me Lord, but do not do what I say? There's numerous references to that. Okay. And I just wanted to put that out there to say you're on track with it. Your instincts are correct. Thank you, Paul, very, One very more. much. Uh, i got to get to Mike because we got to go home. Wait, real quick, eight seconds. Paul? Yes. Uh, last thing I would just say, you know what, Greg? Pray. 
and you'll see amazing things happen. I love it. And read that Bible. Uh, read that Absolutely. Bible. Thank Every you. Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mike in Queens. Yes. I was a uh, Cadillac stretch limo driver for 25 years in New York City. A person sitting in the rear of the limo would have to have 10 to 15 foot long arms to get through the 10 inch high space that divides the driver and the wheel from the customer. The divider has a privacy window. It's got a black cover. Yeah. Controlled by both the driver we know, Mike. We know, Mike. It's a BS story. Uh, thank you for your service. You must have some interesting stories as a limo guy. Hey, thank you, pal. I got to go. I'll see you tomorrow. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.